My friend is a stereotypical old big bad trucker. I've seen some weird stuff with him while driving in South Texas along the border. He never batted an eye, but while telling me this story he had goosebumps and a concerned expression. Which from this guy is about the equivalent of a trembling lip and stained pants. I'll tell this story in the first person as he told it to me. Years ago in the late 90s I was on my way from the house, central Texas, heading to Laredo to pick up a load. It was early morning, around 4 or 5. I had just come off a string of days at home, so I know I wasn't tired. I am on one of those two-lane winding roads in the absolute middle of nowhere, when I see something on the side of the road at the edge of my high beams. At first I just thought it was roadkill, as is usually the case. As I get closer, I see that it is roadkill and there's someone crouching over the deer carcass. I remember thinking either this guy's taking the antlers as a trophy, or he's sick. As I got closer still I can now see that's this guy's eating the deer. He's pulling chunks of meat from the stomach and bringing them up to his face. At this point he stops mid-motion and looks up at me. Not at my truck, but at me. He slash it stands up and that's when I see that it's huge, brown, and covered in hair. I remember thinking at this point, oh. This thing is standing on the tiny shoulder looking at me. By this point, maybe three seconds have passed and I'm about to the point in the road he's standing at. I didn't even think of stopping, in fact I'm starting to lay on it and get the hell out of there. As I'm passing it, it's looking at me, again not at the truck, it's looking through the driver's side windshield at me. He obviously has the intelligence to know that there's a driver in here and knows where I'm sitting. As I start to pass him I can still see its head above the hood of an old needle nose peat. Old truck design where the hood goes straight out from the windshield, known for being tall and difficult to see around, this thing is giant. I remember seeing what looked like human intelligence in its eyes. It scares the s out of me. Sorry for the wall of text. It's a story worth sharing though. I was headed west on I-76 here in Denver just cruising along at about 70 miles per hour. Out of nowhere, I saw a massive, almost solid cloud of what looked to be dirt coming at me. I'd say it was at least 20 feet wide and 10 feet tall. I scanned ahead of me but couldn't see any vehicle it could have came from. With nowhere to go I slowed down and took the hit, hoping there wasn't anything big enough in there to come through the windshield or jack up my truck owner slash operator. It was pretty loud as I smashed through it, the instant it hit I knew it wasn't dirt though. I immediately hit the washers because I couldn't see a damn thing through all of the carnage, my windshield was painted with guts. Turns out it was bees, freaking huge bees that sounded like rocks when they hit. I can't even imagine seeing that swarm if I was walking, they would kill the crap out of anything in their path. I bought a new truck several months ago and had to drive the 395 from Reno to Vegas to get it, damn lack of deals in North Nevada. Trip down was fine but headed back north it was later in the day when we left and it was dark by the time we got to Walker Lake Reservation. Late summer, pitch black at about 10 pm and little do I know that lake is known for midge swarms. I thought it started sprinkling rain as we rounded the bend but soon started pumping my windshield wash as fast as I could as my windshield was plastered with thousands of midges in a gigantic swarm over the road. 
I slowed from 40 miles per hour to 20 as visibility was poor at best for a good two-mile stretch of seemingly endless bugpocalypse. I ran out of windshield wiper fluid near the end of it and had to drive 15 miles to the next town barely able to see. Had my sister-in-law with me and I'm fairly certain it was the scariest moment of both of our lives to date. Don't go to Walker Lake in summer after dark yo. Place apparently gets spiders so bad in the summer bushes look like wads of webbing. Also so much for my new car being detailed. I'm fairly certain the garage still stinks of bug guts after that power washing and there's still guts hidden in crevices on that car. Had a picture but not on this phone. I'm not a trucker, but a motorcyclist which kinda makes it even more spooky. Drove home from my GFS house, just a 20 minutes ride but it was 3am and the road goes through a forest without any street lights. So I ride through the forest, already giving everything my little 50ccm dirt bike had in it back then and suddenly on the side of the road, a naked mannequin is standing. I saw it appear in my headlights and drove by it only doing like 60kmh, it was scary as hell. A mannequin standing there naked on the side of a dark road in a forest at 3am in the morning. Damn, I still get the shivers. I picked up a hitchhiker in my small Nissan versus sedan, and we were driving down the freeway. There was a big vehicle in front of me so I couldn't see what was in front of that when all of a sudden the other guys start yelling tire, tire, and pointing ahead of us. I slammed on my brakes just in time to see the SUV in front of us swerve too late as the car in front of it swerved as this massive tire that was rolling down the freeway demolished the front end of the vehicle in front of me and bounded high into the air coming down in front of my car where the steel band broke and it stopped rolling. If I hadn't slammed on the brakes, it probably would have come down on top of me. He got out at the next gas station. I don't remember his name but I think he saved my life that day. Story time. This isn't something we saw but experienced. My dad was a trucker and in the summers I tagged along with him. One evening we were driving from Houston to Jacksonville and somehow we got turned around on the back roads of Louisiana. The last major place I remembered us being in was Troy at about 1am. Well it was almost 3 and we had no idea where we were. We eventually came to this little bitty town. It had one broken stoplight, a diner, an abandoned factory, and some empty shopping centers. In total it was maybe four blocks from one end to the other. We were both hungry and because we didn't want to wait to go to a truck stop, we pulled in behind the diner. Now that I think about it the fact that a small town diner was open at 3am should have been a sign that something was amiss. We get in and this diner is pretty nice actually. A bit old school, reminiscent of the 60s. There's a single waitress on duty and a cop eating in a booth. We naturally all got to chatting. I remember that meal so clearly because it was the first time I had grits. They were loaded with cheese and bacon. The cop gave us directions back to the highway and bought me a chocolate milk for the road. I even remember the tables. They were composite wood covered in polka dot contact paper. Well we eventually made it to civilization and later that morning at a stop my dad asks about the town. Cue a lot of confused local truckers. He was sure he was getting the name right but no one had heard of it.
A few months later he was driving me back home to Texas and he drove through Louisiana attempting to find the town. We never could. We're still not sure what happened, if we drove through a ghost town no one remembered or something weirder. But I remember that night clearly. Edit, I'm trying to find the name of the town. I don't remember it but I've been talking to my dad because he thinks her wrote it down somewhere. Edit 2, Sparta, not Troy. Got my Greek names mixed up. Still looking for the town. I think it was somewhere off 507 and 9. Edit 3, found the name. It is Gramercy. I spelled it wrong at first. A search won't provide any diners nearby but it is possible that it's closed down. The abandoned factory was not abandoned but is apparently a sugar mill. My dad has a garbage memory so it's likely he was saying Grand Merci or something wrong to the other truckers, hence why no one knew what he was talking about. Mystery solved. My dad is a truck driver and about 13 to 15 years ago while resting at the side of the road he woke up in the morning seeing that his entire trailer was robbed empty. My dad's a heavy sleeper but his cargo could not have been stolen without at least a forklift and everyone would have woken up by a forklift unloading a trailer. My dad suspects the robbers used a pump to get some kind of chloroform into his cabin to make sure he couldn't wake up. This is my father's story and he wasn't a long-haul trucker but rather a 18-year-old gas station attendant in the late 70s and without a certain long-haul trucker I probably wouldn't be here. The gas station was 24 hours and my dad was the only one working the night shift, 11 to 7 I think. A guy comes in and just gives him the creeps. Seems sketchy. He was wearing tight jacket slash pants and you could tell he had something in his pants under the jacket. It was during the summer and was warm so why is he wearing a jacket to begin with? It was later confirmed he was on drugs. A lot of truck drivers used this station as it was the only one open 24 hours for a long stretch of the highway. They also had a big lot where they let truckers park and sleep or take a break. On this night at this time it was just my dad, sketchy dude, and one trucker in there he kinda knew, as in, came in frequent enough to be conversational and asked if he'd stay in the station and hang out until sketchy dude left. Well, after looking at the stocked shelves for several minutes while sneaking peeks at my dad behind the counter the sketchy guy eventually looked fed up and got into his blue car and sped off. Cool trucker guy hung out with my dad a little longer until another couple of guys came in to use the booths they had to eat a sandwich. I should also point out this was pretty middle of nowhere rural southeast United States and the 1970s. CB and landline was it. My dad only had a landline in the store. Dad did not have any protection or weapon of any kind. So the hours pass and my dad had shaken off the paranoia when all of a sudden this truck driver guy in a car comes hauling ass into the lot, jumps out, and sprints into the store hollering he needs a phone. He didn't have a CB nor did he see a phone at the other station. He also wasn't familiar with the area and my dad's station was the first place he found. Calls 911 to report that he had walked in on a gas station 40 miles back, next closest station, to find the attendant shot and dead. No one else around. And the only other piece. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, 
fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. ...of information is that a blue car was speeding out of the lot when the trucker pulled in. Apparently, they eventually apprehend the guy in the blue car... My dad confirms it was sketchy dude from earlier in the night, and they charge him with murder and armed robbery. To the long-haul trucker who waited around with my dad that night, thanks and hope you're keeping it real. Also worth adding that apparently sketchy guy in blue car was already a bad apple who was either being looked for or on probation or something. He was in the system. Edit, I'm editing this a couple months later, but I recently talked with my dad and he cleared a couple things up. So anything in bold above is edited. It's not much, but there it is. My friend, his wife, and several neighbors last year saw a large car drive to the river at the end of their street in Indianapolis and dump a girl's body. All in bored daylight at like 2 p.m. Of course the car sped away. My friend and another neighbor run up to the side of the river, and it's definitely a girl-slash-woman's body. Said he wanted to throw up, and did later on, this girl-slash-woman had obviously been murdered. They got the license plate, but do not know if the people were ever caught. Edit, some people have stated on here, this is not true. I did a web search on nothing. Blah blah blah. First off, the news does not show up at every crime scene where a body is dumped. Whether you believe me or not, my friend who told me this is not the kind of person to lie, and neither is his wife. He's one of the more outstanding people I know and gives a ton of his time to volunteering and helping the public in Indianapolis. I am not going to ask him about something that was really traumatic just to prove a point on Reddit. So, believe me if you will or not. It's up to you. But do not call it untrue just because you cannot find it in a damn web search. My dad told me and my brothers this story when we were growing up and it's always stuck with me, particularly on long drives when I'm feeling a bit sleepy. The first time I remember hearing it was after I asked him if angels were real, I was probably 7 or 8 years old. He drove trucks decades ago, before I was born and before labor laws around limits and brakes were more standard, I'm assuming it's different now? He'd fairly regularly accept calls that would extend his shift to where he was driving 24, 36 hours, or more without a break longer than a quick bathroom or fast food stop. My dad has a pretty mathematical brain, he's the type to make up logic puzzles out of something totally mundane just for fun. Whenever we were driving around town, he'd regularly ask me things like how long would it take us to get from home to the store if we were going 30 miles per hour but had to stop for 5 minutes in the middle because a family of kittens were crossing the road, 
etc. He'd come up with similar equations for himself while he was driving solo that involved things he was seeing like the odometer, mileage markers, the time, and then he could test his speed based on the equation, etc. One night after having already driven a particularly long day, he noticed his eyes getting droopier and the whole roll down the window and blast the music up thing didn't seem to be helping much. It was a rainy night on a pretty windy mountain road without a shoulder to pull over safely, so he started doing those logic games out loud to keep alert and awake. He was saying something to the effect of I just passed mile marker 146 so what time will it be when I reach 200 if I'm going 55 miles per hour? Then he closed his eyes, took a deep breath, and felt his head do the nod jerk thing which woke him up with a gasp. He opened his eyes to see he was driving straight towards mile marker 158, which would have sent his whole truck tumbling down a random ass mountain ravine. He was able to correct the course safely back, but it was a matter of seconds between that reality and certain death. He insists to this day that he slept through 12 miles of windy mountain road going 60 plus mile per hour, only to wake up right at the last moment between life and death. The story usually ends with him tearing up saying I don't know if there's angels, but I know there's something bigger going on in this universe than our human brains have been able to understand yet. If I wouldn't have woken up right when I did, you kids wouldn't be here today and that's something that feels pretty close to spiritual. Just thought I'd post this as a counterpoint to all the weird stuff. In the 1990s I spent a lot of time hitchhiking around Europe, I'm a Brit. One trip, I was hitching from Newcastle, my hometown, to the south of France. I got to a point just south of Paris, some little entrance ramp in the arse end of nowhere, it was around 2am, and I was flat out exhausted. I'd placed my sign by my feet and was sitting on my pack, sleeping in place. I was woken by the unmistakable blast of a lorry horn, jumped up and ran, without thinking, to the lorry that had pulled up just yards away. The driver asked where I was headed, I replied south, and he laughed and told me to get in. After a fairly brief conversation about my trip up until that point, where I was going, etc., the guy realized I was literally, dead on my feet, exhausted. He pointed to the bed behind the cab seats and said if I wanted to get my head down, I was welcome to crash out. One of the greatest unwritten rules of hitching at the time was that the trucker's sleep area was sacrosanct, you didn't even put your bag there. So this guy, Eve, his name has just come to me, offering to let me rest up was out of the ordinary. I did a quick, split-second, evaluation of am I going to be horribly raped and tortured, or is this guy legit? And decide I was safe. This was, in hindsight, probably based much more on my state of exhaustion than any true evaluation of his trustworthiness, but, hey-ho. I jumped in the back, lay out flat for the first time in two days, and was asleep within seconds. Five hours later I woke up in an empty cab, parked in truck stop as the sun was beginning to rise. Eve returned within a minute or so, espresso in hand, and started helping me to get my bags out as cab. I should point out that my spoken French at the time was basic at best, and Eve spoke no English. Most of our communication was a combination of hand signals, confusion and laughter. We went into the truck stop cafe, a relay, for anyone who's traveled in France basic, but a cut above your usual truck stop as far as food and drinks are concerned. 
and Eve insisted on paying for a monster breakfast for me, whilst he only had another coffee and a croissant. As I was working my way through the breakfast, Eve was up at the counter, chatting to the proprietor. He clearly knew them, so I didn't think anything of it. Obviously he was chatting to his friend rather than doing monkey signs to the monolingual Brit, or so I thought. After a while, he came over and said he had to go, I knew this was my stopping point as far as he was concerned he was heading west whereas I was continuing south, at which point I thanked him profusely for all of his help, the breakfast, and wished him a safe journey. He wished me luck and went on his way. After I'd finished my breakfast, I went up to the counter to order another coffee before I set out on the rest of my journey, at this point I was about halfway down France, and when I handed over my money, the proprietor waved it away, saying it was on Eve. Yes, he'd paid for my next coffee before he left, on top of buying me breakfast. I gave him a little salute, thinking top bloke, and sat down to drink my coffee whilst having a little chuckle. Anyway, soon enough I figured I'd best get back on the road, so I went back to the counter to order a jambon boar to take away for the road and say goodbye to the proprietor, who had also been super nice to me throughout. Again, I went to pay and it was waved away. Eve had not only bought my breakfast, paid for a coffee he'd figured I'd have after I left, he'd also told the proprietor to give me a sandwich before I left, and paid for it. As this was all being explained to me, I just couldn't help breaking out in the biggest smile, and laughing like hell. What a bloke. I thanked the proprietor, asked him to sincerely thank Eve the next time he saw him, and went to hit the road at which point, I was then told to sit down and wait for about another half hour as Eve had arranged a lift south for me with a colleague he knew was passing by. The man was an absolute gent, went above and beyond the helping your fellow man, and did it all without even sticking around for me to say, thanks. Absolute legend. Thanks Eve, wherever you are. So I was in the Virginia area and had a lot of work-related sites ranging from downtown Baltimore to Virginia Beach and all around. Friday wrapped up, and I hit the road to some social arrangements I had made for the weekend. Spent the weekend with friends out in various parts of Virginia, got dragged off to other places even further out, the usual weekend fun times. It's late Sunday night when I have to leave, or I'm not going to be able to get home in time to start my, thankfully late afternoon, Monday. I'm fully rested, I didn't do any drinking, I'm not into drugs. On the highway at about 3 a.m., in the middle of nowhere between Roanoke and D.C., absolutely nobody around. I'm cruising along in the left lane simply because nobody else is around. No headlights for the past hour, no tail lights either. No road lamps either. It's dark, it's mildly damp, it's foggy. I have the music up, I'm feeling good, all is fine. And then I just happened to look to the left and there is a dog barking at me. A German Shepherd, in a car passenger seat, somewhat blue glow from the instruments inside the car, and it's got its face to its window and it's barking its head off at me. I get a good hard look at it, too, because at first my brain is not registering cop car, dummy. I'm doing 90 plus in a 75, I promptly have the oh damn. Moment when the dog, the instruments, the white crown Vic slash light bar all click in my brain after a second hard look. I put my foot on the brakes and start slowing down hard but safe, to pull over. 
I even put my blinker on to start shifting lanes over to the right to pull over because wait. There is no shoulder on the left side of this road. I look back to my left, where there is still no shoulder slash room for another car, and it's just gone. No trace. I slammed my brakes and stopped in the middle of the highway, flipped on all my light bars and even looked around with my handheld spot. There was nothing. No tail lights, no headlights, no engine sounds, nothing. There are no other tire marks in the damp but mine, and I can see for a nice long distance both ways, too. Nothing. My vehicle had great visibility, and a lot of extra lighting, off-road SUV with the trimmings, there is no possible way somebody pulled a sneaky, let alone drove that fast on wet sloped grass and rocks on my left side. So, yep, there you have it. Ghost cop and his dog didn't like me speeding, apparently. My dad has several stories from hauling logs in Idaho and driving trucks through Utah and Nevada. My favorite is from actually just in his pickup going through Utah. He said there was a light keeping pace with him out in the desert on a moonless night. It kept pace for a minute before it disappeared and his truck turned off. He stopped and turned it on and pulled off at the next diner. The folks in the diner called it a common occurrence. The creepiest is when he was hauling logs in Idaho and was coming down from near Kerr Delane area during a snowy winter night. He was putting on chains before heading down steep grade and said all of the hair stood up on his body. It felt like there was something watching him. Halfway down the switchbacks he saw a large figure standing on a 20-foot tall embankment. As he got closer it jumped down and the shoulders were as tall as the cab. In a single bound it leapt down and then leapt over to the other side of the embankment. At the time he thought it was a Sasquatch, now he says it was probably a demon trying to make him crash. He didn't stop to remove the chains until he was well away from the mountain. I live in Spokane which is about 45 minutes away from Kerr Delane. I was driving back from my aunt's in the dark one night and just hit a massive wall of fog. I turn the corner and a whole herd of deer come running down the road toward me. I slow down a lot so I don't hit them. Then after another few seconds I see a woman standing in the street facing away from me with dirty clothes. The area I was in is known to have meth heads and heroin addicts so I cracked the window and called out to her and asked if she needed me to call anyone. As soon as I spoke her head whipped around and it looked like she was a burn victim, huge lidless eyes, no eyebrows, Voldemort nose, and a mouth that looked like it was melted or sewn up or something. Then she ran off into the woods and I drove a lot faster than I should have home. I'm a stand-up comic. I often refer to my profession as being a trucker with jokes. Near the north end of mainland Michigan, I saw a car stopped on the side of the highway. We hadn't seen a car for a while, it was 2 a.m. I commented to my buddy, poor bastard. But as we passed the car, the lights came on and it got back on the road. Odd timing. And then, it was gaining on us. I told my friend to speed, he did. He sped more and the car kept closing in. We were doing 120 and this guy was catching up to us. We saw an exit with a hotel so we took it and drove right in front of the building, where it was well lit and we could see the front desk clerk. The car got off that exit too. 
it drove into the hotel parking lot. Then turned around, and got back on the highway. I'll never know what that guy wanted from us. I'm fine with that remaining a mystery. Here are my three stories. One is creepy, second is paranormal and third is just crazy. Creepiest. Driving I-40 through Texas and Arkansas, I would see what looked like animals slash faces popping out of the bushes but longer than a glance proved nothing there. They had just paved the highway, and there was hardly any traffic. I was dead tired, it was super dark. Highway hypnosis I suppose. Paranormal. When I went to local driving, my route ran near an air reserve base in Indiana, so you'd see planes and helicopters pretty often. One night, about 2 a.m., I was headed to pick up another load when I saw a bright green light in the corner of my windshield. It was too low to be an aircraft. It moved pretty slowly, then darted and I lost sight of it behind some trees I drove by. Typical I saw a UFO, but I still think it was just a helicopter or a jet that I saw at the prefect angle that turned after a takeoff. The jet pilots have broken the sound barrier over town a couple times in the past, sonic boom, so a jet flying abnormally isn't necessarily out of the realm of possibility. A crazy one. Driving south on I-75 in the winter in Ohio, I witnessed a compact car like a Cobalt or similar get on the on-ramp to merge into I-75 north and lost control. They went sideways, fell at least six feet off the ramp and onto the shoulder of the interstate landing on all four wheels, spun 360 degrees, and then proceeded to merge into traffic like it was nothing. Blew my mind. The CB radio was going nuts for about five minutes. Holy SWHO else just saw that? Etc. My grandfather was in the Air Force and one night he was driving, back to his base maybe? I can't quite remember, and he saw a woman standing on the side of the road in a long white dress at about 2 a.m. He circled back to ask if she needed help and she was nowhere to be seen. He searched for her for about an before giving up, and deciding to leave it alone. When he decided to go on his way he had a strong feeling that he needed to switch lanes, he was on the road alone in the middle of the night so he had no idea why, and just ahead on the road there was a broken down truck with no hazards on that he would have hit, and probably been killed by, if he stayed in the lane he had been in. To this day he's convinced the woman was trying to warn him, like an omen or something. I'm a truck driver in the UK. Was driving through rural Scotland one night going down a country lane, all off a sudden I start to see flashing lights come through the trees. Lights of all colors flashing through the trees and causing some really freaky looking shadows on the road. I'm not a believer of aliens or anything but my first thought was UFOs. Safe to say I put my foot down and got out of there. Found out the next day it was rave happening in a field. But at the time it didn't half scare me. When I was a kid I grew up in the cab of my father's truck. He was a single father and I was on the road with him quite a bit. Occasionally if he was going to pass near my grandmother's house he would drop me off there for a week or so, I'm sure to give himself a break from a very young son in a very tight space. One time when he was nearing my grandmother's house I remember crying because I didn't want him to drop me off. 
I loved my grandmother very much but I was attached to my father for some reason. Separation anxiety I'm sure, thanks mom. As I was sobbing I started recognizing my surroundings and knew we were close. I decided the next song on the radio was going to be dad's song so every time I heard it I would think of him. I guess that's why they call it the blues by Elton John came on the radio so that chipper tune became the song I used to remember him. That was in the early 80s and I can't remember hearing that song over the last 20 plus years. Three years ago I was driving to see my dad in the hospital and I stopped at a truck stop for gas and snacks. What song should start playing over the truck stop speakers but I guess that's why they call it the blues. I got a sick nervous feeling. Was this a good omen or bad one? I'm not superstitious so I tried to dismiss it and chalked it up to chance. April 11th will be three years since I lost him. Surely it was just a random occurrence that I would hear that song going to see him for the last time right? I'm not superstitious or religious but I sure would like to see the old man again someday. Myself and two friends had to drive from Laredo, Texas to Baton Rouge, Louisiana one night in my Ford van. It was about 2 a.m. There is a particularly long and dark section of highway just outside Laredo, no buildings, towns or lights for about 50 miles. I was in the right lane coming up on a truck and pulled out into the left passing lane. As I was slowly overtaking this long truck, my peripheral vision caught a sudden movement of this big truck towards the right shoulder. I saw the truck was swerving to avoid hitting a person dressed in all white, white face, whose arms were folded across the chest and eyes were closed as they walked across the highway. I swerved to the left and barely missed this ghostly looking person with my passenger mirror, can still remember seeing that the eyes were closed, that's how close we came to hitting this person. I've driven cross country a few times. Have two freaky things that have happened. First, middle of the night with a buddy and we pulled off to the side of the highway to take a piss and switch drivers. Nobody else around on the road. I walk to the side, pitch black, whip it out and start to pee. My buddy is just stretching his back or whatever. I heard something in the woods shake a tree. No other way to describe it, a tree about 30 feet away shook. Then I hear something big crashing through the woods coming straight for us in the car. My buddy and I don't even say anything, he dives in the driver's side and I jump through the passenger window, pants still down. He floors it out of there, legs and pants dangling outside. Never did see anything in the rear view mirror but there was something out there coming at us. My buddy likes to say he heard me stop peeing when that tree shook. Second, I was solo somewhere in West Virginia. Again middle of the night. I got off an exit, one of those long curvy ones. I saw lights before I got off and assumed it was exit stuff, or maybe even construction. Get to the exit and it's not construction, it's a ton of army or national guard guys. The exit was lit up brighter than daytime, so many lights set up pointing everywhere. The army guys were completely decked out, gas masks on and assault rifles. They were sprinting around. One guy at the corner was frantically waving me through to get back on the highway. I gunned it out of there. Looked in the news later and didn't see anything, no idea what was going on that night.
I was driving through Nevada on a long ride trip. About 3 a.m., sun barely starting to peek out. My sister was asleep in the passenger seat and my parents asleep in the back seat, so it was just me, on a straight stretch of highway in the middle of the desert. I was exhausted and extremely bored from the lack of scenery when suddenly, directly in front of me, up in the pale sky, there was a flash of green and a green meteor carved towards the horizon before flashing green again and disappeared. At first I thought it was a UFO or something, but I later read meteors can burn green if they have copper in them. Now I think fondly back on that meteor, my family was asleep for it, no one around for miles. I like to think that it was just for me. I was at a truck stop in Arizona. I was pulling through the fuel island and right as I was about to leave roughly 15 cop cars came flying into the parking lot with a SWAT van. They surrounded a truck that was already parked for the night. I heard later that the driver had lost a tire or something off his trailer and it had killed a guy on the side of the road. Don't know how true that story was, but it sounded possible. At the old Flying J in El Paso I had pulled through the fuel island and was filling out logs and whatnot after filling up when someone started screaming help on the CB. It's not unusual to hear kids messing around or whatever but this sounded like a full-grown man and didn't sound fake. It only happens for about 15 to 20 seconds and then silence. Some people started asking the guy where he was but never got a response. Suddenly another big rig in the parking lot starts to take off right as a couple of cop cars pull into the truck parking area. The big rig takes out a smaller sign and then jumps a curb out into the service road for I-10. Turns out a student got pissed at his instructor and stabbed him before leading the cops on a short high-speed chase. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. To find out if it's right for you. When I was doing the long haul thing, I was driving through Oklahoma, don't remember exactly where, but it was late at night, and I was already tired. While I was driving along and saw what I thought was a grim reaper, looked in my mirrors and didn't see it. At that point I decided that, regardless of how many hours I have left on my log, I'm stopping the next chance I get to rest. Later that night after getting parked, I turned on my CB and heard someone talking about a bad accident just a few miles beyond where I had stopped. After asking how long ago it happened, it turned out that if I had kept going, I would have been caught up in it. Edit, I do recall that I was heading north from Dallas, Texas. Looking at my old book that I kept of tracks I took I think it was US 75 North since Plano was on the list of cities I would go through on that run. Where exactly I couldn't tell you. My grandfather told me the story about how he was driving west to east along an empty stretch of road in southern South Dakota. He stopped at a stop sign at an intersection with nothing in sight, no buildings and no other vehicles. Then there was a bright light that hit him. He looked up and saw a bunch of blinking lights. Next thing he knew, he was at the counter of a diner about an hour down the road. It was about six hours later and he had no idea what had happened. He asked the person at the diner when he came in and the guy told him he came in about 10 minutes ago and just started drinking coffee without talking much. My grandpa told him what had happened and the guy said something like, yep, that's happens around here sometimes. Nothing weird ever happened to him again. He avoided that area for the rest of his life. He said he doesn't believe in aliens and doesn't know what happened, but I had a suspicion he thought he had been abducted and just never accepted it. He told me never to tell this story to other people, but he died years ago and most of the people who knew him are dead, so I figured it was okay. A friend of my cousin was a long-haul trucker. He was making a delivery across the country and was in a hardly used dirt stretch of a rural route. Since the road wasn't exactly peachy he had to drive slowly. He sees another truck slowly approaching from the opposite direction, and he sees the truck is the same as his. Since this isn't fairly uncommon, he didn't think much of it but as the other one grew closer he decided to honk in recognition of having the same kind of truck. The other one replies and all is good. That is, 
until they narrowly and very slowly had to pass one another. He turned to look at the driver and he saw himself. Not a reflection, not a similar person but his exact same copy, same clothes, same hat, same red beard, staring at him. They passed each other and that was that. He told me he'd seen very weird things, but that was the moment he decided to stop being a trucker. One time I was driving home late at night. I was on a pretty major street line with shops with large parking lots. So I had a pretty good view of things around me. Being late at night there were maybe just a couple cars parked probably belonging to late night cleaners and whatnot. So I'm driving, and out of nowhere a baseball comes flying out of thin air and slams into my windshield. Like I said I had a pretty good view of the parking lots and there was nobody around except for parked cars. And even those were few and far between. I panicked and pulled off to the side of the road for a minute before driving off. I continued to look around and I drove but I couldn't find any sign of life. To this day I have no idea where the rogue baseball came from. I was in rural Maine looking for a lumber mill just before sunset. It took hours to get out there because Maine is riddled with these narrow windy roads that try and get as close as possible to every building in every village from US 1 to Canada. So I pull in just as the last guy is leaving, I ask him where to park and say I'll see him in the morning. I park my truck in this fairly large gravel parking lot with thick forest right on all sides. There are no visible artificial lights except for my truck and my flashlight. After I get parked I go and sit out in a lawn chair and just enjoy the warm night air and look at the absolutely beautiful night sky. It was a rare treat to enjoy basically no light pollution. As I'm looking at the stars, like a switch was flipped, what sound like 50 coyotes, 60 feet away, start howling like mad. It is at this point I nope right back into the truck and don't open the door until sunrise. The town of West Salem, Wisconsin has always kind of given me the shivers. It's like it's both empty and full of people at the same time. Nothing concrete just feels like things aren't quite right in that town. Edit, I thought of a third one. I was at the Lowe's Distribution Center in Washington Courthouse, Ohio. I was parked on the street, just outside the gate getting ready to head to a truck stop when a black cat crosses the triple railroad track in front of me. Call me superstitious but you had better bet that I backed up, turned around and went the other way. Not a trucker but my dad was. When I was young he'd take me on hauls sometimes. On one such trip, we were heading across I-80. In Nebraska and there was a snowstorm. We got to a part of the highway where a cop had blocked it off saying it was closed and we had to pull off for the night. We ended up pulling into an old Motel 8 that was closed slash abandoned and went to sleep in the cab. The next morning there were three sets of footprints in the snow around the truck. The footprints came out of the woods and circled the truck several times and looked like they had paused at windows and whatnot and then led back into the woods. Not sure what was up but I remember my dad acting weird and he didn't take me out on the road after that. My grandfather was an owner-operator for Valerie Trucking. He drove for many years and was still driving until a year or so before he passed away. 
When it was time to say goodbye, my dad, aunt, Nana and myself were about to go into the wake, standing on the steps of the funeral home, talking. My aunt, whose name is Valerie, saw a Valerie truck pass along the road and remarked about it. The truck stops at the stop sign, makes the right, pulls into the parking lot of the funeral home, makes a three-point turn in this tiny parking lot, and leaves. I wouldn't have believed it, but I was there on the steps. This actually happened the other day in a random country road in Tennessee. Pitch black darkness and the only thing around was fields, hills and me, didn't see any houses. Anyway I was getting real tired since the day before this I just flew from Washington to Atlanta. Was driving from Atlanta to northern Indiana and out of nowhere I see a dog in the grass and normally this is fine but its eyes weren't glowing from my headlights which for some reason really made me feel unsettled. Next thing I know it charged for the tire of my trailer snarling and barking, thank god I didn't hit it, and I looked back and it was gone. As bad as it sounds even if I did hit it I probably wouldn't have stopped because I was in the middle of nowhere with no cell service. I've heard stories of people finding some way to get people to stop in their commute in the middle of nowhere just to rob and or kill slash hurt the driver. It was midnight and I wasn't taking the chance. Two stories my dad has told me. While driving Pacheco Pass in California he had an empty trailer and it was really windy so it was swaying back and forth. He saw some girl walking through and he tried to merge lanes to avoid her and heard a loud bang. He thought he'd kill someone with the side of the trailer. When he could stop he was looking for signs everywhere and there was nothing anywhere not even a dent in the trailer. Second one was also in Pacheco Pass he saw some woman wandering on the side and stopped and let her in the truck said she was dripping wet. It wasn't raining but there's this lake next to the freeway so he thought she was swimming late night. She's silent while he's driving after a little bit he said he turned over to her and there's no one there his seat is dry. I told him to tell the story of the girl that got in his car when we were at dinner with one of his trucker buddies and when he starts off the story and his friend says wait that happened to me and explains the same story. Apparently back in the day truck drivers would kill and throw people in the lake or just on the side of the road. Friend of mine was driving an overnight through Arizona on a basically abandoned road and his truck started having electrical issues, lights cutting on and off, no CB etc. After about 5 minutes of that a convoy of law enforcement slash federal emergency vehicles passed him. In the middle of the emergency vehicles there was a flatbed semi with a massive saucer shaped item chained to the bed and covered with tarps about 5 minutes after passing the convoy his radio and truck electrics came back up. He still recounts it as the craziest thing he's ever experienced on the road. This isn't that interesting of a story, but it spooked me and my friend pretty bad at the time. The lake where I usually hang out had pulled a body out a few years ago. There are crosses off the road and near the lake with his name on it. I googled it and he died under mysterious circumstances. His death was ultimately ruled a suicide, but there are many many questions that are left unanswered. One night, a friend and I drove to the lake at midnight and parked the car in the vicinity of the crosses. When it was time to leave, my car went haywire. The doors were unlocking and locking rapidly and my headlights were turning on and off. 
I panicked and asked my friend Spencer, that's not you is it? And he responded with I thought it was you. All this was happening before I had even turned my car on. After a minute, we got the car on and sped off. Never talked about it again. Not a long haul trucker but I grew up on a farm. We grew peas and would run the combines 24-7. I ran a tri-axle dump truck back and forth from the various fields to the canning factory. I always preferred the night shift. Temps way cooler, less traffic, etc. One night we had some thunderstorms roll through. I was driving down a back road at like 2 am. All of a sudden a patio chair crosses the road at just about the max range of my headlights. Followed by another and then a large patio table went cartwheeling by. I immediately stopped hard. Thing got real. Truck started to move quite a bit and I'll be honest. I screamed like a little kid. I'm certain I would have rolled had I not been loaded down with 20 plus tons of peas. Confirmed tornado the next morning. My how I wish I'd had a dash cam back then. So, not exactly creepy or paranormal but scared me for sure. I've crossed the states many, many times in my career, I used to tour manage a band that consisted of four musicians and two crew, so it was a total of seven of us. We would often drive a white sprinter van with a U-Haul trailer on the back, and if you're familiar with U-Haul you know they have different pictures on the sides of them, often a state and something significant from that state painted on the side. We were about an hour outside of Roswell, New Mexico at 2 AM it was in the summer, we were coming from having just played the New Mexico State Fair. In every direction around us it was pitch black, no lights from cities or even rest stops, no other cars, nothing. We have absolutely no phone signal. All of our phones say no signal at the same time. It's a two-lane highway, the only illumination coming from our headlights. We haven't seen another car for a very long time. Suddenly on the horizon we see a light appear directly ahead of us. We keep driving normally, and the light is approaching us quickly. We, rightly, just assume it's another car coming our way on the other side of the highway, but then as the vehicle goes to pass us. It's a white sprinter van towing a U-Haul trailer with the exact same state artwork as ours on the side. Same tires. Same model van. Same trailer. Same everything. And as soon as we pass it, it's gone. All of us very uncomfortably said the same thing at the same time. Was that, did that van have the same, what are the chances, I'll never forget it. We couldn't do anything but just uncomfortably acknowledge we all saw the same thing and none of us were losing our minds. Not a long haul driver but I was driving through Texas at 3am on a lonely highway. All of a sudden the highway shifted to the left. I sat up straight and though man, I must be really tired. Then it shifted again so I quickly pulled over. When I stepped out I felt some crunches under my feet. I was stepping on locusts. I hopped back into the car and saw what was happening. There were literally millions of wingless locusts on the ground as far as the eye could see. They would all move a couple inches to the left and sink across the highway. It was creepy as hell and the whole experience woke my ass up.
I'm not a trucker but I'm a territory manager and my territory goes from New Mexico to Alabama and up to Kansas. So, it's not uncommon for me to have to drive from Dallas, Texas to Albuquerque, New Mexico and then from Albuquerque to Montgomery, Alabama and then back to Dallas all in one week. I've got a couple. I work for a premium off-road lighting company, so we work in the deserts at night a lot, usually with trophy truck and ultra four race teams. Last year I was coming home from King of the Hammers and it was about 4.30 AM and I was on a state highway through the desert in southern New Mexico. If you've never driven it, you're basically as far away from anything out in the desert as you can possibly be. Impossibly straight one-lane highways that stretch from hundreds of miles. I was awake and alert even though it was so late, and I was totally alone on the road and had been for hours. Suddenly, without warning while I was trucking along going about 80 miles per hour, the most insanely bright light came on right off my tailgate. It was so bright it lit up everything in the cab and was so blinding. I thought one of our race teams had snuck up behind me or something and turned on their light bars to screw with me, I drive a wrapped and branded, distinct show truck so it happens a lot. The light stayed on my ass for a good 30 seconds, and would stay right on my ass even when I'd swerve a bit or when I moved onto the shoulder a bit to see if they would pass. It was weird, it was like the light was bolted to the back of my truck or something. After about 30 seconds I had enough, so I flipped on my rear facing lights to give them a taste of their own medicine and instantly the light behind me went off and there was, nothing. Nothing whatsoever. Even though I was kind of blinded I have some really powerful backup lights and they came on the second the other light went out so there is no way whatsoever another vehicle was behind me, and there was just wide open flat desert all around so it's not like they could have pulled off and hidden and I would have seen them anyways. Just nothing. I was totally freaked out, but I'm not an easy scare and very comfortable with being in the desert alone at night, so I pulled over, grabbed my knife and my flashlight and had a look around. I shone my flashlight all around and even used some of my portable hyperspots. Again, I work for a lighting company and always carry around tons of demo lights, to look all around me for anything and there was nothing. No cars, no trucks, aircraft, UFOs, nothing at all except wide open, empty New Mexico desert. My truck was totally fine but I know I wasn't just seeing things because the back of my truck was hot, like way hotter than normal. All the metal on the bed sides and tailgate was almost uncomfortable to the touch. I've never figured it out. The only logical possibility I can think of is I've read about ball lightning before and apparently it's attracted to metal objects. Maybe I found some ball lightning and it's stuck to the back of my truck? I've got more stories if anyone is- Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. It's interested. I'm on the road and this convo is right up my alley. I'm not a trucker. I'm a writer who spent the better part of the last three years traveling the deadliest strip of U.S. Highway, TX Highway 45, stalking long-haul truck drivers. TX Highway 45 is a dangerous roadway, just because there's a disproportionate number of fatal wrecks. But, there's a more insidious problem, hiding in plain sight, long-haul trucker serial killers have been working that strip with near impunity since at least the 60s. I spoke to an FBI agent who told me that, at any given time, there's an estimated 90 serial killers actively working the U.S. highway system, and at least 30, his personal estimate, killing along the stretch from the Mexican U.S. border to B.C. Another officer heard those numbers, laughed and said, those are the PR numbers. I asked for clarification and he said, your numbers are low. Real low. He's probably right. In Texas alone, hundreds of unclaimed bodies, mostly unidentified, and all having met with violent ends, have turned up over the years, and more than one mass grave has been uncovered. Side note, I've been to one of these mass grave sites. I'd read about it and wanted to test a theory. The bodies were found in a field within a few hundred feet of passing cars and even a busy neighborhood. The field sits in a shallow land depression, and in a twisted trick of nature, no sound escapes it. Or, that's what I'd been told. I decided to check it out for myself, got a motel room directly across from the field and walked it. Standing in the depression where more than two dozen bodies had been discovered, I was close enough to the road to read the license plates and I could see and hear kids playing in the neighborhood across the road. A car pulled up in a nearby driveway and I could hear a man and his son exiting the vehicle, chatting, doors shutting, dog barking as they entered the house, I started screaming. As loud as I could, as if my life depended on it, I screamed, and screamed, and screamed. They didn't hear me. If they had, and they'd turned around, they'd have seen me waving my arms. Police believe the field's a dumping ground for more than one, and possibly several killers. It's my belief the killers choose the field to further torture their victims. What must it have been like to be fighting for your life, and to see help right there, and no one comes for you? You're invisible. Anyway, point is, there's major trucking routes leading to Canada from Texas. Statistically, there's an above-average chance American serial killers are working in BC, likely other parts of the country, but since my focus is on Texas, I can only speak to TX routes. And in fact, US feds are convinced at least five unidentified suspects are operating along those routes right now. From my research, I think it's likely that over the next five to 10 years, Canada will witness a surge in body discoveries. Not necessarily because there will suddenly be more killers, but because of the HSKI, 
which collects and compiles data on active serial killers. Other databases were either difficult slash time consuming for authorities to input and or retrieve data, no laws requiring universal reporting protocols, etc. But, most significantly, older databases focused on perpetrator signatures and MO, which are not typically relevant in highway killings. HSKI focuses on geography, abduction, body disposal sites, etc. As the database grows, it will become exponentially faster and more efficient. Like any database, there's a potential tipping point. So, instead of a steady increase, there will most likely be bursts of findings. So, if it makes you feel better, I wouldn't stop my car to help Jesus Christ himself. Sorry, JC don't get me wrong, I'd stop at the closest populated area, and not only report it, but raise holy hell until I actually physically witnessed police following up. Because that doesn't always happen. In fact, I've interviewed dozens of Texans along that route and a significant number of them expressed indifference about the situation or believe the killers are doing them a favor. Not all police feel that way, but I can tell you some do. I've worked alongside them and for some, the attitude is, basically, it's mostly whores and druggies, who cares? Had a Texas state trooper tell me point blank, saves us the paperwork. To clarify, serial killers are not lurking in every neighborhood in America. You're not going to see a nuclear engineer on every corner either, unless you're hanging out at MIT I'm referring to stopping on the highway, where they are concentrated. And no, not all truckers are serial killers. Not even most of them. It's like pedophiles. Plenty of great guys out there coaching Little League. But, of course, the job's very appealing to pedophiles, in particular. Further, I'm certain those hard-working truckers out there, note, America treats truck drivers abhorrently, are happy to have these degenerates rooted out and taken off their roads. Even worse than in the US, Mexico does a bad job of addressing their serial killer problem. A former Texas Ranger I spoke to said he suspects good old-fashioned serial killers are disguising their kills as cartel hits. Side note, more Americans travel to Mexico to commit sex crimes, and possibly even murders, than the other way around. American predators hunt there because poverty, poor reporting, a lot of prostitution and other illegal crime that make it a hotbed for predator activity. 